All right. Good morning, everyone. And we are live. So I want to wish you all a very, very happy Saturday. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Coffee uh, with Rhonda show. Uh, and this is a show where we just come together as coaches and leaders and entrepreneurs. We really uh, we discuss the ups and downs of creating a successful career and business and life, you know, because that's a part of it, too. Um, this is season two, episode six, and I can hardly believe that we are halfway through the season already. I don't know where the time went. We do uh, 12 to 14 episodes a season. So this season we've got 12 and we are now at episode six. So the halfway point before we introduce um, our guests and co-hosts, we're going to just cover a few little housekeeping items uh, that are important for us. Um, number one, if you're watching live or if you're watching on the replay, don't forget to tell us who you are, where you're watching from, and don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. You know, that's the thing with us. So we always want to know what's in your cup. Um, also, I have a big, huge ask. Take a second to um, share this video, um, like it, share it out so others can have the benefit of participating in the conversation as well. Um, we want to make sure that you comment on anything that resonates with you because we want to bring your thoughts into the conversation. Um, if you're a coach or an expert or a speaker and you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can PM me or any of our co-hosts. And then finally, um, if you want to represent with any Coffee with Rhonda gear, like I'm doing this morning. Wait, which side am I? Okay, this side. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm doing this morning, you can go to coffeewithrondastore.com and we ship mm -hmm. internationally too. So I'm very excited um, for all of you out there. Um, we see, uh, let's see, get the third request. Oh, the third request, she said. So the third request was um, obviously like and share the video and comment on anything that resonates with you because we always bring your thoughts um, and your comments into the conversation. Um, and then, of course, if you're a coach or speaker and like to be on the show, PM any of us. So I hope that answered your question. And good morning to you out there. Thanks so much for tuning in. And she said, uh, Stephanie says share. Thank you, Stephanie. That's wonderful. And mm -hmm. I am, I can't pronounce her name. What's your name? I don't want to mess it up. Um, hey, hi, Faye. Faye, hey, thank Faye. you. Just use Friend Faye for short. <laughs> <laughs> Watching from Geneva. So wonderful. So let's go ahead um, and do our introductions, get our introductions in for the show. My name is Rhonda Y. Williams. I'm the host for the show. I'm an emotional intelligence strategist, and I work with organizations and leaders to um, help them shift from overwhelmed to overjoyed and to help them move from stuck to unstuck so that they can um, be more consistent in creating the positive results that they want to see in their life and career. Um, and for me today, um, you all know, we always want to know what's in your cup, right? For me, I have my new cup. I don't know if you can see it, my new Coffee with Rhonda Show cup. I'm so excited. These are the little things that make me happy, right? And in my cup today, I have a rosemary tea um, that came from the rosemary from the, the little bush that I have in the front of the house. That's just amazing. This, this bush is amazing. So, uh, so that's me. Let's go ahead and do our introductions. We're going to let um, our guest introduce uh, herself. And then, uh, and then Marie, we're going to come to you. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rhonda. It's a great, great, great pleasure and honor to be at this show. 
My name is Lisa Sekadja. I am an international human rights lawyer. I'm currently working with the United Nations in Geneva. Um, I am also a women's empowerment coach, and I co-founded an organization called Phenomenal Women Global. And this is one of my passions. And so I'm very happy to be here speaking about women's empowerment because it's, it's a matter that is very dear to me. And I have my cup as well. I have, um, what do I have in it? I have water with lemon, with a drop of lemon. It's some COVID prevention concoction. <laughs> <laughs> Something I read about it. So yeah, I'm drinking hot water with lemon. Thank you. Awesome. That's wonderful. I love the COVID prevention. You know, we've got to do all we can. Actually, it's interesting that you say that because uh, with my cup with my rosemary and my mother said to me, she sent me a text the other day and said, I heard that our rosemary is really good for um, preventing COVID and to help, you know, helping to boost your immune system. So I guess we both got a little COVID prevention going on. So Maren, hello to you and good, good evening, good night to you. <laughs> Hello, hello, good evening. And, uh, you know, hey, everybody, this is Mireille. I'm based in Perth, Australia, so it's night time for me. And, uh, you know, I'm a global energy expert and I'm also a coach. And uh, I focus my effort on empowering people to become the best that they can be and make sure that they don't leave anything on the table of life. And that's mm. very important. And I also focus a lot, I have a lot of work, I do a lot of work focusing also on women empowerment. So I'm really pumped up for the subject today. The That's subject awesome. Today. That's <laughs> awesome. Do you have a cup, Marie? I have a cup. So I have lemongrass in my, in, in my cup. So Ooh, nice. enjoying. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Very nice. And, uh, and we're going to bring our other co-host in, Ms. Roz. Good morning to you. Good morning, darling. Sorry about the tardiness, the computer, phone, nothing. You know, technology never works when you want it to work. <laughs> and then and then when you don't need it, it works. <laughs> we understand. Good morning. I, I have I have in my cup, it says a uh, jazz about success. And I uh I have peppermint tea with honey. And for those of you who don't know me by now. I'm Roz Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers here in Jacksonville, Florida, where we provide four levels of specialized care to your lawn, sitter, homemaker and companion, home health aid and certified nursing assistant. And let's say it all together. When you can't do it all, you give, give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, we've got some comments out there this morning. Um, Let's see. Stephanie says, uh, what's your swag website again? Please post it in the comments. I will, Steph. It is coffeewithrondastore.com. And I'm posting it in the comments um, right now. So, Raj, you missed this part that I have my uh, my new Coffee with Rhonda mug. Raj, did you see that? Raj? No, she's gonna be she's she's gonna be very uh, jealous <laughs> again. So you better add this cup now. <laughs> Actually, I posted that in the comment. Mariska says hello, ladies. Mariska's out there. I know she and hi, Mariska. <laughs> and um, let's see what else we have out there. So look at this comment. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, Mariska. That's hi, Mariska. Wonderful. 
Thank you for your support. All right, so let's dive into our topic because I'm really excited about this. And our topic today, I think is a very important one around women's empowerment. As I started to think about this, um, you know, I thought about, gosh, I hear the term so frequently, but I started asking myself, what is women's empowerment even? I mean, it sounds like a nice word. It's one of those new buzz words that's going around. Um, but I want to talk today a little bit about what is women's empowerment. I also want to talk about what it's not. And we're going to have some conversations on the global cultural uh, and legal implications around women's empowerment as well, especially since we have our uh, wonderful international uh, attorney with us. So that will help us in that part of the discussion. And we're going to give you some strategies. How can you empower yourself? What are some things that you can take? Uh, what are some things you can do right now, starting today to empower yourself? So let's start the conversation with um, uh, Nikki's out there. Nikki says, hello, pretty ladies. Good morning. And Nikki, post where you're from because you're out there watching from a different location also. So um, one of the things we're going to start with today, and I want to do a quick roundtable on this, is what is women's empowerment and, and what exactly does that mean to you? Um, so let's start there. Um, Roz, let, let's, let me start with you on women's empowerment. You, you are, you know, sort of a leader in your community. Um, really providing those services that um, folks need in order to care for themselves. Um, what is women's empowerment to you? And, you know, first of all, what is women's empowerment and what does that mean to you, Ross? For me, women's empowerment is allowing people outside of your space, help you make decisions in your space. Women outside of your space that's helping make decisions inside of your space. Women helping women. That's how I see women's empowerment. So mm -hmm. for me, say, for instance, if I need help on um, how to start a show, I would come to Rhonda. If I needed help on oil, I would go to, you know, Mariah. So, you know, wh wherever there's a gap. I would allow those women to come into that space to help me make the right decisions and the right choices to continue to, you know, strengthen me up, you know, build me up. That's what I feel empowerment is. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're really looking at that aspect of collaboration and support mm -hmm. and coming together and, and going to another woman, knowing that she's got your back and she's willing to help you, you know, and she's not there to hinder you or to judge you um, in that respect. So thanks so much, Roz. Um, Mariah, I'm going to come to you last, but Lisa, let's go to you now in terms of what, what do you, how do you define women's empowerment? And then what does that mean to you? Well, basically, I think if we look at it in, from the legal perspective and what the the states or the government have an obligation to do. Um, we all know that the Convention on Elimination on Discrimination Against Women was signed, um, the UN Convention on Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, in short, known as the CEDO, was signed um, early in, in 1981 or 82. And within this convention, all the rights that women have are enshrined and uh, you know, are written in this convention. And so um, once states sign up or ratify this convention, they have an obligation to ensure that they protect, respect, and fulfill the rights of women in that obligation and establish laws, policies, programs, and systems that ensure 
um, the women are empowered. And from my perspective and from that perspective, empowerment comes in very various angles through education, uh, political empowerment, um, social empowerment, economic empowerment of women. And within this treaty, there are provisions for each of those areas that I've talked about. And political empowerment stems from women having a right to vote, to participate in um, political processes. That is one level of empowerment. Mm -hmm. Empowerment through education. Women have the right to have a strong education, continuing education, and states have an obligation to ensure that the dropout rate of girls in schools does, is not very low because a lot of countries in developing countries and even um, in developed countries, girls drop out of school for different reasons. Um, so women's empowerment can also be affected um, uh, by you know, cultural issues that, um, that, cre I mean, that lead to girls dropping out of school. Then we look at um, issues of health. Women should be empowered um, to decide on their own reproductive health and to have, you know, good mental health and 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 have those facilities um, to enable them to um, to thrive in in aspects of their health. So for me, um, I agree um, with what was said by the previous speaker as well that the collaboration between women, because we can, it's a way of ensuring that. Um, we are empowered as women is by supporting each other and by knowing your rights, what you're entitled to, and what your government um, has an obligation to do for you in line with all these um, international um, treaties. And I just wanted to add to that in terms of, um, I know you've all heard of the sustainable development goals developed by the yeah. UN. Goal five is on um, gender equality and 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 one of the areas that states have to ensure is that one of their targets is that women are empowered and women have equal opportunities in different aspects and there are specific targets that states have to look at in order to ensure that that empowerment aspect is taken care of but aside from that um as well in 1995 um the Beijing Declaration and Plan of Action was put into place. And this is another declaration or document that was adopted by all member states, UN member mm -hmm. states. And this gives really specific actions that are required by states, practical actions to ensure empowerment of women. So uh -huh. on the international level, we can see there's a broad range of um, uh, international uh, documents and treaties and declarations that ensure this empowerment, looking at it mm -hmm. from the education perspective, economic, health, and political and social perspective. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And that was really comprehensive because I think when we talk about women's empowerment, also, oftentimes we don't really get into the detail, right? We mm -hmm. really don't look at what does that mean? Um, even outside of myself, how does my, my government and my political system and all of that factor in? So um, I think it's important for us to look at it from that perspective. Moray, um, your thoughts on what uh, it, uh, women's empowerment is and what it means to you. Yeah, I think Lisa, I've come up with, you know, a lot of detail, but what I wanted to add is that it's the inclusion part because I see it more, you know, woman empowerment as inclusion, being in, 
including women, in all the decision-making process, because that's where, you know, the power lies. It's like, you know, you want women to have a say in everything that's happening from economic, from the economic, uh, what's happening economically, politically, socially. You don't want this discrimination where they can't say anything. So it's really, you know, for me, coming from a, an inclusion uh, point of view, and uh, and obviously the, the the collective action comes on top of that. But it's really um making sure that every single woman can make you know a decision about her life, about what's happening in you know in a community, what's happening in a country, what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. So give her this voice right. and to and this power to be able to participate uh, equally. In, in all the debates and and decide uh, also be part of the decision making process. That's awesome. So um so Faye says comprehensive. Thank you, Lisa. Stephanie's yeah. out there. She says great topic. Hi, ladies watching on YouTube. Hey, thanks, Stephanie. <laughs> don't, forget to, don't forget to hit subscribe on YouTube um, while you're out there. You know I. Um, I agree. What a, what between everyone's responses, I think we've got a really good feel for what empowerment is and what women's empowerment is. You know, I like to just sort of boil it down a little bit and, and state it very simply. I think women's empowerment is about giving women the ability to say yes or to say no or to mm -hmm. say anything in between. Mm -hmm. Right. You should, as a woman, have a choice. You should be able to be involved, as, as Marie says, at the conversation, you know, as Lisa says, in the health um, aspects and educational from a per educational perspective, the right to go to school, you know, and including secondary and post-secondary education. Um, as Ross says, that right to collaborate, right? We should be able to say yes or no or anything in between confidently because that's what we want to do. Not because it's someone else's expectations, not because of, you know, whatever, but we are empowered to say yes or no and to do so with the feeling that it's okay and not feel like we're going to be judged or hindered. So Faye says, um, thank you, ladies, regarding what empowerment is quite enlightening. And then um, Dr. Nathaniel Wells is out there. Good morning to you. Thanks so much for tuning in. And then we have Daphne out there says, thanks, ladies, for the great in info. So I want to talk for a second about what empowerment is not, women's empowerment is not. And one of the comments earlier said, you know, I think it was Faye, that you said you're curious to hear what empowerment is not. So let's talk about that for a moment. Empowerment, um, I think, is not. And I'm going to do another quick roundtable on this. What empowerment is not? I don't think that empowerment is about being anti-anything, right? Empowerment is not about being anti-anything. It's not about being anti-man. It's not about being anti-system. It's not being anti-government. It's not anti-anything. It's simply about being for something, right? Mm -hmm. For women's uh, rights and their ability to make decisions and to care for themselves and to do certain things. Let me... Um, no, just give a quick example. So I spent a couple of weeks in Saudi Arabia um, this past year, and uh, it was a really exciting time for them because women um, are now have the ability to drive. They can get a driver's license. Mm -hmm. And this is really new. And so, you know, as we would drive up the street, 
people would point out, oh, there's a woman driving and there's a woman driving, right? This is very new for them. And so they've been given um, that right, but kind of, because they have the right to drive if their husbands or fathers permit them to, right? So it's really about, do we really, are we really empowering women to make their own decisions above and beyond what someone else might think, want, or expect of them? Right. And so women's empowerment, I think about it being for lots of things for women, but not about being against anything. So I'll come to you, um, you guys out there. Anything that you think about that you think women's empowerment is not because I think it's important for us to be clear about, you know, what it is and what it is not. So, um, Roz, any thoughts um, that you have on is it is it and is there anything that you have in mind that women's empowerment is not? For me, women's empowerment is not just putting us in a box. It used to be that we used to have to sit back and be quiet and not being able to have a voice. You know, uh, it used to be that, you know, women, you know, do as you're told, stay in a place, um, even even being in the church. And, and women have just been recently been able to be able to preach and become ministers and pastors and different things like that. When I was little, it wasn't even such a thing. They were only allowed to be Sunday school teachers. We were only allowed to be teachers, you know, nurses, work in the hospitals. And now women's empowerment because we've been able to speak because we have stepped outside of what the government has defined and what other people have, because we have stepped out. I think that has empowered us. You know, a lot of us sat in the back and just say, oh, I'm just going to be in the background. There's no such thing as being in the background. Okay. Some of us get stuck into a position just because you stuck doesn't mean that your assignment is up. Mm-hmm. Just because you're stuck doesn't mean that your assignment is up. And what I'm trying to say is some of us have allowed people to put labels on us and we get stuck. And then we think that we don't have any purpose. We don't have any anything. It's not any of that. It's right. not any of that. Not like it used to be. Now we can have an opinion and not worried about if we're going to get, you know, uh, uh, blackballed in work or, you know, if, if we're going to be, you know, uh, uh, fired or, or whatever the case, we don't have those concerns. Anymore. So for me, that's what it's not, is that we have the freedom, we have the opportunity, we have the options now that we didn't have before. That's awesome, Ross. Thank you so much. Maria, I'm going to come to you. And then Lisa, I'm going to come to you for you to share your thoughts on what women's empowerment is not. So Maria, um, what women's empowerment is not? Thank you. I would complement what uh, Rose was saying is that it's it's not about just, you know, um, going by, you know, just, you know, accepting whatever is coming to you. It's about stepping into your power and participating. And that's that's really where the empowerment is, is, is power, is that, you know, you actively participate in everything that concerns you and your community and make sure that, you know, you get heard, make sure that you have, you know, the, the right uh, connections mm-hmm. to be able to advance an agenda that's actually going to, you know, help you in something that you do or that's going to help your community or bring, you know, something positive for you. And, yeah. and I think that's, that's, that's the key. It's sometimes we, we have this power, but we need... Um, some things like legislation or uh, other women to help us to 
get mm -hmm. this, use this power, step into this power to be able to be an active participant in everything that you know that that's happening around us and in in our life. That's awesome. Stephanie's out there. Stephanie says women's empowerment is not just a platform. Mm -hmm. It is a way of life. Absolutely. I love that, Stephanie, because it's not just this thing that you do. Right. It is a way of being a way of positioning yourself. Um, Dr. Wells says this is incredible for powerful women. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then um, uh, Faye says paraphrasing. Um, not being quiet, taking the back seat in the name of humility. If we are endowed with wisdom, blessed with opportunities, et cetera, we have to give back. Thank you, Roz. Absolutely. Very well uh, summarized and said. Thank you so much. So, Lisa, what, empower what is women's empowerment not? I think I agree with all of you. And um, one thing that was that struck out to me is that having that voice, you all talked about participation, being able to speak. But sometimes um, processes happen and they bring women towards the end of the process and say, OK, um, we have this lovely program and there are 10 women in the room uh, or five and they are just approve it. But this participation of women should be right at the beginning of a process that affects them. And that's that's really empowerment. The empowerment is not bringing in at the end of the process that we're doing this for you, but including them right at the grassroots level from um, planning to um, discussing and conceiving these ideas and then to implementation. But a lot of times as women, we get a seat at the table at the end um, when something has already been achieved and decided, you know, if it's a legislation or something like that. And so I, I feel that is not empowerment if it's just a token, but like mm -hmm. you have all mentioned, is having your voice there right from the beginning mm -hmm. and, and not being quiet as well. I mean, yes, we know when to be humble, but we should also know when to speak, especially mm -hmm. when it's, a, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's something that affects us as women. Mm -hmm. And um, I think um, like Roz mentioned this, I, I think she was alluding to this um, gender stereotyping where negative, harmful gender stereotyping where specific roles are meant women and, and these ones are meant for just men, those attitudes don't allow us to progress. Um, if, for example, in some cultures, maybe they'll say women cannot join the army or become pilots or, you know, just things like that. Those are, I, I think it doesn't do anything to empower women, but we should, we should um, be open, avoid these harmful uh, gender stereotypings, which, which limit us as women. Uh, and yet in some cultures might think it's it's a positive thing. That is not empowerment at all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so I think that takes us to a, a really good point to bring into the conversation: um, the the cultural implications uh, and in different areas, different aspects of the country. Because um, when we think about empowerment here, we are used to, and I say here being the United States. I know we've got a global um, audience that watches us, but here in the states, we are used to having the ability. Um, a, a lot of rights, um, you know, a lot of freedom. But even with that, there are still areas where women lag behind men. Um, pay is one of them, right? So here in the States, um, you know, it is very well known and acknowledged that women make less than men for doing the exact same job. And so um, that's an area where we have constantly struggled. We have legislation, we have all kinds of things, and we still can't seem to close that pay gap. 
you know, and why is that? And so um, even here where we think we've got these freedoms and flexibilities, right, we're still struggling with some of these aspects that really are about women's empowerment, right? Because another aspect that you all mentioned that women's empowerment is about equality, right? We're saying that everybody should get an equal seat at the table. Everybody should get equal pay. So when I think of some of our um, challenges here in the States, that's one that comes to mind for me in terms of empowerment. Um, the other one for empowerment here is we've not ever had a woman president, right? We've not ever had a woman president here. That's not the case in some other countries. Other countries have women leaders and they've had them for many, many years. But in the States, every time a woman tries to rise to that level, it becomes a big issue. And all of these little issues start to surface. Oh, she's wearing a pantsuit. And oh, her voice is too high. Oh, she's quote, not likable. Give me a break. Really? Likable? That's what we're, that's the job qualification on being likable? Because if so, I got a whole lot of issues now, right? I don't think it's about that, but we use those things when it comes to women rising to very <laughs> high levels, right? Mm -hmm. Those are those are some of the things here. So I'm going to ask you guys in terms of some of what other um, sort of global or cultural, you know, um, uh, limitations and considerations, even legal, should we be thinking about? And we're really going to drive the women's empowerment agenda forward. So Diana says, please talk about women empowerment and cultural. How do you mix the two, especially in Africa? Right. And so in Africa, I am not from Africa. So maybe you guys can speak to that because I am not exactly sure. I just can talk about sort of what I see here in the States, even when I was in Saudi, how that played out. Right. Like I mentioned earlier, they can drive, but only is allowed to, you know, mm -hmm. by their husbands. And I get that that's progress and maybe one step closer to where they ultimately want to be. So anybody on the panel, can you speak to some of the empowerment issues culturally in Africa? Yes. Okay. Sure. Um, well, I think in Africa, there's so many things that, yes, could hinder empowerment. But let's just start with um, statistically about 2.5 billion women are affected by discriminatory laws. So laws that discriminate mm. them because of their gender. And these are not just only in Africa, but everywhere else. And I feel one of the limiting factors in Africa, of course, is also we do have some harmful cultural practices in some cultures, not all parts, but a few parts of Africa are still practicing female genital mutilation. Mm. Um, that means uh, women do not have the right to speak on some of these issues that affect their health and mental well-being. Um, then there are, of course, issues of um, early marriages where a lot of girls drop out of school in order to get married or they get pregnant at school and there's no um, comprehensive uh, policy or legislation to support them. Um, so, of course, when I go back to my earlier discussion, we, uh, women, even in those conditions, should not be discriminated but should be supported. Uh, and it's the obligation of the state to support these, you know, to look at the root causes and support women in situations like this so that they can also be empowered. Um, and in Africa, um, I must say, although we have that bleak state of affairs with regards to those two issues I've mentioned, with regards to political participation, um, Rwanda has the highest number of female representation in the parliament, in the Senate, with 66 
percent, and one as a small country in East Africa, but they have actually taken strides in, in that direction. And we see that where you have women in parliament, they make a lot of decisions related to healthcare, to reducing the gender uh, pay gap, yeah. to improving the life of pensioners, to looking at social security. Um, according to research done by UN Women, these are the kind of areas that women dominated parliaments. Um, these are kind of the issues that they focus on pushing onto the, the agenda. And so um, I think we have to commend uh, countries like Rwanda, which look at um, uh, voting in women in the Senate, um, because there we can at least say if there are some cultural issues to address um, with a predominantly female um, Senate, they, they could be some change. Okay, it's presumed mm -hmm. that there would be some, some, uh, some change. But I, I would say it's not easy to reconcile culture and, and human rights and empowerment because some of these issues are so deep-seated. Mm -hmm. And I think the work mm -hmm. that Rod, for example, is doing in the communities um, is good because you start to discuss those things at a local level. I mean, what is the benefit of a girl going through genital mutilation? It's, it's, it's for no economic right. benefit. It's just bringing mm -hmm. her back. What is the benefit of a woman being married off before she finishes primary school or dropping out of school? It right. just brings us further down. And I think if we look at the statistics of um, children, uh, high school, uh, primary dropout, it's always higher for girls than for boys. Wow. Wow. That's, it's pretty powerful. So we've got our guests out there who are really bringing, making in uh, some great comments. Hey, Cordelia, how are you? Cordelia is going to be a guest on the show coming up here. We can't wait to have you. She says, yes, here in the States, we are very um, patriarchal. Absolutely. And then Daphne said, it's powerful to walk in your purpose because God has given us talents and gifts to use them. Absolutely. We should not uh, be sleeping on those talents. Um, Faye says she agrees with the cultural part being older makes some people automatically write in some African cultures. And then Mariska says here in France, sometimes when our women in the government are on TV, they are judged on their outlook like clothes and makeup, etc. Right. And men just don't have the same sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not saying that that never happens, but the statistically speaking, right, the number of times women get judged on those things versus men um, is just different. And it's very clear. Now, Cheryl has joined us. She says, greeting, ladies. Hey. Cheryl, thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, and then we have Faye who says she's happy to hear this. The power is within us, but we need to activate it. I love that term, activate. Mm -hmm. uh, Faye, thank mm -hmm. you for that because you're right. It's in us. It's already mm -hmm. there. But um, but we do need, like Lisa said, we do need the support of the infrastructure around us, the political system and the government. You know, the laws. They all have to support that. Otherwise, it becomes a free for all, and everyone gets to do what they want. So I want to talk a little bit about. Um, I want to spend quite a bit of time on this talking about, you know, what what do we do? What can we do? So before we do that, I think, um, Marae, we didn't come to you to ask you um, sort of your thoughts on the cultural aspect. Yeah, the, I mean, especially when we talk about Africa, the, the cultural aspect is is huge. I mean, uh, a lot of the uh, the countries are still, you know, following all the traditions uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking more about, you know, West Africa, where I'm from. And uh, 
added to that, there's a problem of governance as well. So you have two big problems that actually injured, you know, the, the progress and uh, injuring, you know, the fact that we, we can't really, you know, change a lot of things. And, and that's where, you know, women have to, and that's when you, women have to come together to really make sure that they, they, they come with a, a one voice and start to denounce, you know, what's happening. And on top of that, it's not just about denouncing, really voice what they want, because otherwise it, it becomes very difficult. They get ignored and, uh, and things just keep going. And, you know, we've, we're seeing some progress. I mean, there's Rwanda, where you know half of the uh, the government is uh, female you have south africa as well and uh, in ethiopia as well the president is a, is a woman and also you know half of the government is is woman and you see the difference you see that those countries are actually functioning quite I mean, better than the other countries where there's no actually representation or no or, or where there's no diversity so those are the those are the facts that we have to bring in and say, okay, this is what's happening where women are actually well represented, and it's helping everybody because the countries are, are working well, and everybody is, is is actually taking advantage of this system where we have this diversity, and uh, and like Lisa was saying, it's also a good way for women to really participate and bring to the table the the problem that are related to them because otherwise if they're not there nobody actually i mean men don't actually uh spend time on on problems that are related to girls or you know a woman and especially when it comes down to health and uh, so that's mm -hmm. you know that's those data are there and i think as women because there's so many groups now we need, it's good to have those, those groups, those, you know, women coming together, but we need to have a common strategy to really understand what are the key problems, where, and start to, you know, act on, on, those, uh, on those strategies as well. Yeah, you know, I remember recently um, here in the States, there was a um, panel um, that was commissioned at the federal level to really look mm -hmm. at uh, women's um, reproductive issues and rights and abortion mm -hmm. and all of these things. And the panel was all men. All oh, men, yeah, that was shocking. The panel was all was men. Really and I was thinking to myself, really? That shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, so no women representation, but it's that kind of you know, sort of offhandedness, right? This sort of yeah. where, yeah, we'll bring you into the discussion later. Oh, we were going to bring women into the discussion later, Lisa, to your point. At the end, this sort of token, um, you know, sort of acknowledgement at the end. So uh, we've got, um, let's see, I'm going to say Addie. Is that right? Adegun, yeah. Uh, and says, empowerment is a critical part of our world, which should be treated with all priority, hoping hashtag Marae can talk more about MTGL action to re-engineer greatness. It's, uh, it's basically my organization. It's, part, it's, one of our, it's a, one of our main ambassador for women empowerment in my organization. So he's, he's really strong on that. So th thanks, Adegun, for being in. 
That's awesome. And, mm-hmm. and we need groups like this and, and like the group that um, that Lisa has organized and mm-hmm. you know, the work that we're doing together um, to bring these issues forward and to not just say this is not just some term. Right. Mm-hmm. Women's empowerment is not just this thing over here that's fun and cute. Um, it's impactful. It's meaningful and it's mm-hmm. necessary. So let's talk strategy. And what I want to do is I want to go do a couple of roundtables where everybody brings out a strategy that um, someone can use in order to empower themselves. Because we've talked a little bit about sort of the the, the legal, um, the global. Uh, but let's talk about person centered for every single individual person. What can they start doing today? to empower themselves um, and, and just give a strategy or two on what you would say. We're gonna do probably at least two rotations uh, around a table. And if you are out there in the audience, let me just do a quick commercial break. If you're out there, you're watching the Coffee with Rhonda show, our topic today is on women's empowerment. What is women's empowerment? What it is not? And also, we're getting ready to move into the conversation. We've talked about some cultural implications. We're going to move into strategies because I think that's an important part of what needs to come out of this discussion. What are some strategies around that? So if you're watching, stop right now and share. Pull out your phone, get on the computer, hit the share button, share it with your network, share it with your friends. Don't forget to like the video, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you never miss another show. That's coffeewithrondashow.com. It'll take you right over to our YouTube channel and hit subscribe. And then if you want to be a guest in the future, just PM any of our um, co-hosts, Roz Murray or myself, um, and then we will um, get in touch with you and talk to you about next steps. So um, let's talk strategy. As we get into the conversation, um, there are things out there that we want folks to be able to start doing to empower themselves. What um, what suggestions would you give uh, to people to be able to start doing that in their lives immediately? Um, Marae, I'm going to start with you. I think the the uh, one of the key thing is the education part, and uh, and I think that's uh, that's key. Uh, not only educating uh, men on uh, really you know what we want and how we function, and 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 and, and really you know making ourselves heard about you know the problems that we have, and make sure that we participate into into what's happening. And sometimes it's difficult in some countries because, uh, you know, if you do it alone, that's that's difficult. But now that women are coming together, like I said, it's important that they come up with one strategy or several strategies that they're going to follow as a, as a collective. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, what I'm doing is really going back to, uh, you know, girls and and really, you know, Make doing all this work with them that for them to understand that they, they should actually always, you know, have, you know, their voice, you know, and tell what, you know, what they need and, uh, and, and really, you know, specify exactly what they want and uh, reinforce the fact that, you know, to tell them that, you know, they have the power and they shouldn't be afraid, you know, whatever challenge they have, they shouldn't be afraid to fight for their right, to fight for what they want, and, uh, and and really, you know, have this mindset with them. 
and yeah. and and for me education is really key education not only to of the men but also education of some of the women to understand so that they understand the power that they have and the power that they can use to make things you know uh to change things in their life when they are not right absolutely let me bring in a couple of comments here mariska mm -hmm. says what is key in our women gatherings is to involve men at the table. And I wanted to bring that in because that's exactly what you were speaking about. Um, mm -hmm. Just a second ago, Murray, um, that's what Lisa did last year at Phenomenal Women Global Conference in Geneva. It was so inspiring to see men supporting and actually mm -hmm. acting for inclusion in their companies, which is why I was so glad also to see Dr. Wells on. Um, you know, it's important that men are at the table. Um, Hedy Gunn says, building the right capacity for women and giving equip, uh, giving equip opportunities to capacity for women is critical to empowerment free of discrimination. And then, uh, and then Daphne was there. She might have hit a button, but I don't see a comment. So, absolutely, you know, this is this is important, and and we need to come empowered with strategy in order to make this change. Angela says, women need to know that their voice is powerful. Their voice matters. It's time for them to share. Absolutely. We cannot remain in the background. And so, uh, so um, Lisa, what are your thoughts on a couple of strategies? Maybe just one or two, because we're going to do a second round of this so that we get a good, robust discussion. And then, Roz, we're going to come to you for some strategies as well. Um, just following up from Mariska's um, comment, I agree so much with the, the aspect of um, women sharing and having that safe space to share their experiences because we empower each other through and having men in that space is very powerful because they still hold the majority of the power realm in many aspects, economically, uh, educationally, politically so be very strategic in whatever you organize to invite men that have a, a prominent decision making um, powers so the conference we organize the conferences we organize um, in geneva and around the world are called the phenomenal women global leadership conferences and we bring together women um, to be empowered and to share um, leadership strategies we learn about leadership and we also learn from women who have um, ha achieved quite a high level of, of success in their lives it's an intergenerational discussion so we we learn from them but we also learn from men and i think if we create those spaces where we're not given them um, we're able to push things out um, in a more um, strategic and systematic way um, so that Concretely, that's just, you know, having that conference space, safe space to share. And um, for me also, just looking at leadership in general, because we are trying to build leaders in women. And we're here today because we want to, we want to reach out to other women, but not everybody um, um, has that capacity. And that's why the education that Mireille mentioned is so important that we educate the younger mm -hmm. generation mm -hmm. to understand what kind of leader they want to be. Because mm -hmm. um, as Phenomenal Women Global, we also have our version of, you know, a socially conscious global leader. One that is self-aware, aware of your qualities and aware of how, you know, you impact the world and what are the challenges that women face. But also someone who is able to support other women 
So as you empower yourself, bring another woman um, up as well. So that's that's yeah. one of the, the things I think we should also do, focus on the younger generation and imparting knowledge to them, bring them up. I love that. That's really great because imagine, I wonder um, where I would be, how I would feel, what I would be doing now if from the time I was a very young girl, I started with these empowerment messages, right? And I had this feeding and this fueling and this pouring into me at a very, very young age. Now, I actually took my um, sort of my lessons from my mom, who was very much a out of the box, kind of do it against the grain person, you know, when all of my family was living in, um, in Philadelphia, and she moved us out to the suburbs, all the families thinking, what? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? And she's like, because this is better for the children, better for the kids. We're gonna, you know, but it was interesting to see the the family reaction kind of to that, right? Because you were you were pushing against what was norm, the the expected norms. And so I got that um at an early age from my mom. Thanks, mom, right, for giving me that. Cause I am that person today. I'm like, I don't believe I have boundaries and barriers except for the ones in my head. And I try to manage those as much as possible so that I give myself more opportunity um, to do those things. So we've got some comments out there. So um, Susan, who, um, hi, Susan, thanks for joining the show. She's from Geneva. Uh, she says strategies. I think it is important to involve men in women's movement so we do not come out or off as being aggressive or rebellious. Yeah, you know what, Susan, that's one of the things we talked about earlier. And I really feel strongly that um, we need to be clear as women that women's empowerment is not anti-men. This is not about, you know, us not liking men or anything else. It's simply about knowing our, the power that we bring when we all have an equal seat at the table. Um, to change the long-term status quo, we need to baby handle the men to get on our side. Baby handle. I haven't heard that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's... I like the idea of the baby here. Because some of them don't know how we function. So no. that's why I said the education part is key. You know, they need to understand. Absolutely. We need to be <laughs> ourselves and them. Angela says, mm -hmm. yes, we need to empower our millennial women into leadership opportunities. Yes. And then kudos to the men who are on this platform now and support. Absolutely. Thank you. So we've got some really, really good comments there. Um, Cordelia says we need to be an example for our younger women by how we relate to each other and show up. This is such a powerful point. Mm -hmm. uh, and Roz, you spoke to it earlier. How we support each other, how we collaborate, how we mm -hmm. um, come together for these things. And then um, unfortunately, we do not have much of that. Well, <laughs> you know, we're working on it, babe. That's that's our goal. We're we're working to uh, come more together. I think a part of why, and then we'll go into more strategies, Roz. We're coming to you. I think a part of why sometimes we don't come together as much is because we think of opportunity and things out there as this big pie, mm -hmm. right? And a pie has a limited number of slices. You can you can narrow down the slices, but at the end of the day, once you eat all the slices, the pie is gone. So mm -hmm. if you approach opportunity that way, then you feel like you got to get the slice before somebody else gets it, right? You know, you you've got to get your pie. But but guess what? What if we imagined a world 
where the, there is no pie. It's just endless opportunity that we continue to regenerate and create and grow and build. Now that changes the game. Now I don't mm -hmm. need to worry about getting Roz a slice of pie before she gets to it, right? Because there is plenty out there and another one will just never get here, right? Mm -hmm. So Roz, coming to you on your strategy, your thoughts on strategies. My thoughts on strategy, I made, I made a quick little list. I talked about boost your self-esteem, mm -hmm. shut down talk, be open and honest, advocate for your uh, female colleagues in business and you know also in economics become a mentor lead by example know your worth fight against injustice mm, i love that i absolutely love that uh we did um a session we did a show in the season one on know your value and knowing your worth um and that was really, that was really good conversation because so many of us don't know our word. How many women really negotiate? Show of hands out there, ladies, for you out there in the audience, we're just going to ask this question. How many of you um, actually negotiate your salary? You know what? I want to say something else to value. A lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times people, I, I want to say, say this one little quick thing. We're not perfect, but we're priceless. Mm -hmm. We are not perfect, but we are priceless. And I want women to remember that because sometimes so often we figure we have to be perfect before we do something. But even if we're not perfect, we still have value. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That was actually one of the strategies on my list, uh, Roz, is mm -hmm. because as I think about strategies and things that we can do, um, we, we don't need to wait for perfection, right? Exactly. Perfection is the enemy of progress. Mm -hmm. um, we need to be understanding of ourselves and gentle with ourselves at where we are. There's nothing wrong with you today. Let me just send this message out there to every woman and every man out there watching. You are perfect where you are today. Right. That doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you may not want to make a little progress tomorrow. It may not mean mm -hmm. that you might not have some things that you want to improve upon, get a little better at. All of that is fine, but you are good where you are. Beating mm -hmm. yourself up, you should not beat yourself up, and you should not allow others to beat you up because you are not perfect because no one is. So that's that was one of my strategies. The other strategy that I'll throw out right now, and then we're going to start our second round of just strategies for um, empowering yourself today, actions you can take, is know what you want. Mm -hmm. You have got to know what you want. You've got to be clear. Someone else can't tell you. Someone else can't give it to you. Sometimes we're so busy moving and we're moving in that fast lane all the time. We don't take the time to really sit down and think about. I will ask people, what is it you really want? Well... Hmm, that's a good question. Yes, it is. And you need to know what you want in order because you can't get it if you don't know it, right? You mm -hmm. can't get it if you don't know it. Be clear on what you want and then be guilt-free about that. Just know this is who I am. This is what I want. Then everything else becomes clear, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got um, another uh, couple of comments out there. Mariska, uh, first of all, Mariska says that my mom reminds uh, her her mom. Um, because her mom would hide to go to school, although her father had forbidden it. 
I guess my calling to help women has been nourished by that. She's so passionate about uh, helping to empower girls. Yeah, all of those lessons and role models in our lives, we don't have to wait for pie because we can make pie. I love it. Yes. I'm a terrible baker. Like I can cook all day long, but I do not make bake much. So if anybody wants to help me make my pie, I'm all about it. Uh, let's see. Um, some work, uh, some work where they cannot negotiate their salaries. That is true. That is true. But if you have the option, if you have the option, if you have the ability, are you confident in saying exactly? Well, thank you so much for that offer. Here's some of the things that I bring to the table, and therefore, I want to request that I am earning X amount more. And I would like you to think about that because here's the value that I'm bringing to your organization. When I say know your value, if you are in a position to be able to do that, then that is awesome. I've never negotiated my salary um, because I thought I didn't deserve it. Mariska, so women mm. out there don't know their worth. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they deserve. And you know what? At the same time, doing a job of five people, right? We are exactly. out there super hard. Exactly. So we've got some really great comments coming in. If women build the right capacity for themselves, nobody can take decisions for us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start our second round. Um, and then, Marae, um, we're going to come to you first. Um, yeah. Any more strategies that you would like to offer? I think another strategy, and uh, we, we don't always look at it because we women are mothers and some of them are boys. And I think we should start with our boys to make them understand you know how to respect women how to take into account women views and you know so that they can you know already be raised uh knowing about diversity and you know accepting it and uh, understanding uh, uh, down the road that you know they have to listen to some of the women. They have to, you know, give them an end because sometimes some, like we said, some women actually hesitate and they don't. But then if, you know, we educate our, our, our boys and our, you know, teenagers or whatever to understand that, you know, this is how women function, then we also create, you know, this awareness and it helped down the road to, to ease, you know, this tension that we see sometimes. Uh, in our workplace where, you know, you have men on one side and women on, on another side and then women feel frustrated. If, you know, we educate those young men and, uh, you know, to understand what's going on, then it's, it's already, you know, a good, a, a good thing uh, for, for the future. So yeah. still, you know, working with the new generation, working with girls, obviously, you know, uh, making them understand their power, their value, but also working with boys to make them understand, you know, the value that women bring and bring into their life because that's, you know, that's part of, they're going to be part of their life. And so that they have this understanding and then going forward, the collaboration works really well. Absolutely. I love that. You got to start early. You know, you've got to start early. Uh, Faye says, great point. Um, Eddie Goon says, have always encouraged women and girls never to settle for less. Mm -hmm. Yes, we 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 have we can be valued, but we first gotta start by valuing ourselves mm -hmm. and knowing what you want, knowing who you are, knowing your worth and what you deserve. Uh, I'm gonna come to you last, Lisa, because this is gonna be our final round. And as we're wrapping up, 
so that you can also um, tell people how they can learn more about your organization and connect with you. So Roz, uh, your final thoughts and comments on any strategies. I wrote something down. I said, empowering women starts with us. Show your support for women around you. Show that they matter and remind them they're strong. Changing the narrative for women and seeing real change is a team effort. So share the list with so share um, with women. Encourage the women in your life and encourage them to take action. Absolutely, I love that, Roz. And supporting and encouraging and really working together. So there's a question out there. Um, Angela says, does anyone have or know of opportunities for women to empower themselves or improve themselves, i.e. workshops, seminars, um, et cetera? And oh my gosh, we could probably list a whole <laughs> list a whole page full mm -hmm. uh, of those types of opportunities. And you know, um, Lisa's uh, organization is one. Marae has another organization. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of work on emotional intelligence, which really is about empowerment, understanding self and putting yourself in the opportunities uh, and position um, to seek uh, other opportunities, to add your voice to the table, to build your self-confidence um, and, and you know, really elevate um, who you are and how you show up in the world. Um, and so I know Roz is doing some work. Roz has been at conferences and, you know, everything that we're doing right now and everything that we're doing here is really about that, is about helping to bring that education. So. What I'm going to do is I'm going to add um, our panel, ask our panel to uh, after the show, if you would go to either the YouTube or the Facebook page and maybe just jot down, um, uh, put a couple of links to organizations that you might know of so that we can um, help support and respond to Angela's questions. So um, Faye says she also believes it starts from home. Every one of us, she is three yeah. boys and I am educating them now. Absolutely, Faye. Mm -hmm. I, I have three sons too. Faye, we can probably mm -hmm. hear a whole bunch of stories about <laughs> and then as you said women should never be satisfied with our present situation we should strive for continuous improvement and this will make us relevant absolutely so um uh, lisa let's come to you for your final um thoughts on strategies people can use to empower themselves and then also let us let folks know how they can reach you and learn about your organization yes um i think the strategy like i said um, education was mentioned earlier, but I'm just going to re-emphasize it now because out of about 220 uh, um, million kids that drop out of school, 70% um, are women, are mm -hmm. girls. Mm -hmm. So I think we should all take positive steps knowing that this, you know, there's going to be obviously a large group of women that are not educated or limited education. We should try and tackle that and see if we can sponsor um, children, especially in developing countries who are likely to drop out of school. And one of the things that my organization does is have a fund that where we spot leaders, youth leaders early, for example, in primary schools or secondary schools, and we fund them, especially those that don't have enough money to progress because they might have been in a leadership position like the, the head boy or a prefect in their school. And that means they do have some certain capacity um, to progress in their life and are doing something important. So I believe take us, you know, take a step back and see where you can at least sponsor one child. It doesn't cost a lot of money. $50 can get someone um, one semester of, of uh, school fees in a developing country. And I think 
we need to also look at those aspects of, of looking at, you know, reducing the gap of, of having women um, uneducated. Um, secondly, um, I think you've all alluded to this, is that um, building your self-awareness, your confidence, your skills, it starts with you. Because before you can even help someone else, you have to check yourself. Are you okay? Are you, are you achieving? Are you happy with your life? I mean, you, you, you can help someone still when you're broken, but build your foundation. Because, I mean, I'm an example of that. I felt uh, one time I was in um, a space where I was like, okay, where am I? You're stuck in, you know, in one job and you're not moving up very quickly, like your male colleague. Um, and um, I did um, a leadership course and which helped build my confidence and uh, helped me to discover mm. what I wanted to do. And I also got a coach. And this program that was offered to me by my office um, really encouraged me that I ended up um, establishing my own organization, which is called Phenomenal Women Global. Um, I'm one of the founding members. We're a group of women. We're a group of women of color who founded it because we felt there was a need for women of African descent to have a space where we can gather and speak together and see how we build each other as leaders and learn from each other, build each other's confidence, because we go through um, issues that are specific to our gender and our race that prohibit us from moving up in the employment ladder as fast as other people. So one concrete thing you can do is join organizations like that, because we have um, annual conferences and we do them in Geneva, in Boston, in South Africa, and in Uganda. And these spaces, we try to gather as many women, black women leaders and others as well. But we focus on, on you know, women of African descent, bringing us together to discuss issues. And when it comes to coaching, why I find that it is very important, because for me, it helped me to discover who I was and what my higher purpose in life was and to strategically have this um, success criteria written out and to develop an action plan towards my success. Right. And as I'm doing it, I'm ticking off everything that I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I'm like almost at the bottom of the list. Okay, this, the list is growing, but, and I really encourage women to get a coach, get a coach, get a mentor, get a role mm -hmm. model, get somebody to help you to move because we have so many ideas, but you can, when, when two people sit in one room and you have an expert, and like most of you, I mean, already, the three of you are also coaches, you know the power of that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Phenomenal Women Global does is coaching as well. So for the lady who asked about um, opportunities for conferences and training, yes, there's several organizations, including uh, Mireya's organization, our organization will be having some webinars coming up in mid-May because we did have live conferences planned, but with the COVID-19, um, we have to find innovative ways of dealing with it. But we are going to have seminars and you can look at our Phenomenal Women Global Geneva page or Boston page or Uganda page. Just type in Phenomenal Women Global on Facebook and, and, and either Geneva or Boston or Uganda. The same information will come out in a week or so, but we encourage you to um, participate, build yourself, share with other women, and you know, get get somebody, even just mm -hmm. a, a mentor that you can bounce things off somewhere, someone you want to aspire to be like. And you know, um, one of the things I was thinking of um, when I read Michelle Obama's book. Now that we're in the U.S., 
virtually. Um, I, I bought her book reluctantly, to be honest. I had read Barack Obama's books and I was happy with them. And I bought her book and I thought, okay, it was really, really um, inspiring because one incident she mentioned is that one day she had a, a job interview or something and she carried her kids to this interview. Mm -hmm. She had the confidence to carry her kids and ask for this job. And she said, listen, I will deliver. I am intelligent. I will provide you with A, B, C, D, and I will ensure that your organization is up and running well. How many women can do that in this world? You have enough confidence to carry their kids. We're all like, okay, I need a babysitter. I need, but she, she had that confidence, yes. so much confidence mm -hmm. in herself. She wasn't yet Michelle Obama. She yeah. was still just, you know, a, a normal lady. And that really struck me and said, and whenever I'm coaching my clients, I said, define your self and your terms you know mm -hmm. have enough confidence in yourself to be able to I do like a michelle you. obama that i've come with my kids but i'm intelligent i'm lisa i'm here and i will lead your organization and she got the job yeah she got the job and, and i was so impressed by that but i don't know if it would work for me but i always <laughs> it and i'm gonna try it one day when my son's a bit bigger and, and could sit in a corner <laughs> for a <laughs> job interview oh my thank God. you <laughs> so that is what that what an awesome way um, for us mm -hmm. to end. We've got a, a few more comments. Angela's out there. Angela said, "Women need more coaching opportunities." Yes, coaching absolutely. Success is not a solo sport. Mm -hmm. Right, success is not a solo sport. You need resources and people behind you and people brainstorming with you and people empowering you and all of those things. Absolutely, we should not be trying to figure this out alone. Wendell says, discover your higher purpose in life. Wendell was on the show last week. Hi, Wendell. see you out there. And Wendell's an amazing coach. And so he knows he the power of coaching and, um, and transforming a life and transforming your life through, as you are transforming the lives of others. And then he said, you must first check yourself to see if you are okay before you can help others. That is so very powerful. Uh, and define yourself on your own terms. This has been an amazing conversation, ladies. And, you know, we could probably do two hours of discussion on this. But at the end of the day, I hope that we have given everyone out there um, something to think about. Right. We don't need to be perfect. We need to love ourselves, fix ourselves, clarify our own on our own terms who we are and what we want. Get out there, empower, support others, um, you know, educate our young children and boys and girls alike. Join organizations like Marais, like Lisa's. Um, you know, I, those are the things that we can do. We can do those things right now, starting today. So I want to say thank you to everybody for an amazing, amazing show. Thank you to all of our uh, listeners out there and our audience. You guys rock. I mean, you bring so much to the conversation and you really help make sure mm -hmm. that we're thinking mm -hmm. through and help us bring in uh, discussion points. Uh, before we go, we've got to do one more thing. We've got to do our coffee photo shot. So get your cup. You got to hold it up that and smile. Just hold it for a minute and smile. Smile. Got it. This will be our post-production shot, ladies. Thank you so much out there. Um, Rizka is giving us a final comment. She said, you shared tremendously precious information strategies 
and tools to empower us. Uh, Faith says, great ladies. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to like our Facebook page and our YouTube page. Mm -hmm. Until next time, audience, we will see you next week. Same time, same station. And remember, you're out there. Remember always, always to stay positive, be empowered, Mm -hmm. and always express gratitude for, metaphorically speaking, what's in your cup. For the audience, we'll see you all next week. For all of my guests, please stay tuned for a minute. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.